Welcome back to Elevate the Podcast, where we have candid conversations about life, agriculture, and rural entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Natalie Kavorik. It boils down to the two things we're going to talk about, like you said. Is it healthier for you? And is it better for the environment? And I'm Tara Vanderdeusen. I hate when there's like fear based around this and it makes someone not purchase beef or milk. So before we dive into today's episode, I have a little update, Tara, which I texted you this morning about the price on our Stanley Cups. Yeah, so we come got to our attention. Off. <laughs> <Yeah>. Amazon, <laughs> you did us dirty. It has come to our attention that Stanley Cups, if you order, I think maybe even different retailers are at different prices, but where Tara decided to high price Tara over there was dropping a big dollar for our Stanley from my double price Stanley Cup. <laughs> what the so heck? we paid around seventy dollars, um, but the Stanley website is forty dollars, um, which I completely change my stance now. I'm going back to one hundred percent worth the hype. With that hype. I agree. I was actually, $40 is totally reasonable. I actually might go buy the one I want with the handle over the top and the <laughs> closable lid. So for $40. For $40. Because the other thing <laughs> I was thinking about the other thing I was thinking about them is since we've got them, I have drinking 40 ounces of water every single day. If not, I, I filled it too. I don't think I've refilled, but I don't remember the last time I've consistently drank that. Like the ROI is there. And we cannot put yeah. a number on our health. We're going to. It's above 40. <laughs> so I have but... a confession to make, though. Wait, what? The Stanley Cup. Okay, we've talked about this. I love a good fountain drink. What I realized I love even more than a good fountain drink is a good fountain drink in my Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it has made me increase my consumption of carbonated uh, beverages. Specifically so your Coca-Cola. ROI on health is actually going down. I'm drinking a lot of water. I drink the whole thing. Actually, I finished the water really quick. So then when I go and get a fountain drink, I can put it in my Stanley Cup. Um, but I do love it. Like, it's just like my happy place. Like my, like my, like um, perfect afternoon now is putting just some great Coke in my Stanley Cup and enjoying my afternoon. I am curious if anyone listening is like us. Do you think there's a difference between canned pop soda verse out of the fountain because Tara and I think there's an immense difference between drinking like out of a cup with ice and a straw verse out of the can. It goes in this order. Fountain, glass, can, plastic bottle. Plastic bottle not even worth getting and like you cannot you can't convince me otherwise. I didn't even know it came in a plastic bottle. Yeah like those like yeah like a plastic bottle comes out like a vending machine that way. In pop? Yeah. Like, I've seen you. Oh, my gosh. Like a- oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I yeah. literally was like, I do not even know where to go from here. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe this. I mean, we are on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, great order. We'll get back on track. Okay. I do have a couple <laughs> hot takes. I cannot believe I had that big of a brain lapse. Okay. I have a couple hot takes I want to get your take on. So I found this graphic going around Instagram that was a Uh-oh. list of things that are in. Okay. Okay. There were two things on the list that I wanted to get your hot take on. One was not having TikTok. Ooh. I could totally do without TikTok. 
you do you browse it though? I feel like you kind of don't have TikTok. Uh, yeah, I don't really. I have a TikTok and I've been posting my reels, my debunking reels to TikTok. And been since it's like a one pillar, like I only share debunking reels now to TikTok and trying to be like a one pillar platform on there and um, been gaining traction. But I literally go on and post, get off, don't care. Yeah, you don't browse. Mm-mm, no yeah. scrolling. So both you of us. You though, but you like, you're like, you get on TikTok <laughs> rabbit holes I go down a once a month TikTok rabbit hole. You get videos yeah. from me at like two in the morning. Um, yes, I late. do. <laughs> it's pretty um, late. Sometimes I'm like, you're an hour ahead of me too. No, I have said before that I can get on any other platform and get on and get off um, without wa- feeling like I wasted my time. Um, but I do not have self-control when it comes to TikTok. Like the For You page is you know, as everyone knows, the algorithm is just, it just feeds you constantly. Um, but what I thought was interesting is we've listened to a couple of podcasts talking about the difference between TikTok um, as like an influencing platform. Um, and one was saying that 77, an Instagram followers were 77 cents, whereas a TikTok follower, it's only worth seven cents. Um, and then there was reports that this huge TikTok star um, signed this mega deal with uh, Patreon yes. and Patreon was thinking that he, he was going to, or he or she, I don't even know, um, was going to bring in a ton of revenue because of how many followers he had. Um, he, she had, and it was extremely it low conversion. Not. Yeah. It was like a so flop. I, I do think it's inter- interesting because you don't follow, you don't make community on TikTok that it's just so different so- than Instagram. I do think though, Instagram, I would love to know in that study, like when they, um, did it because I feel like a lot of people that have gained followers on reels have yeah, had kind of similar. Same. Yeah. Like talk. I do feel like your followers pre reels are like some of your OGs like that have really like they found you, they wanted to follow you. I just, I feel like reels has changed Instagram a little, but I definitely agree that TikTok's like ROI on like follower. It's not a community. It's just like mm-hmm. a viral sensation. You're it only as good as your next viral video. I asked Tad, I was like, do you, cause that's probably his main platform. He consumes his TikTok. And I was like, do you ever get tired of it? Do you think you'll like get tired of it? And he said he kind of already is. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, like, I just wonder how long, like what's TikTok shelf life, you know? Yeah. So Daniel was like an OG TikToker actually. Like he oh, got Daniel. on when it was, Why did I know you guys should have stuck with like, it. You could have been one of those people who have a ton of followers. that doesn't oh, even no, matter. He didn't post. He didn't even have an account. He just was a consumer of it back when it was like, what was it used to be called musically? Oh yeah. 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 He, um, and he doesn't do it at all now. Like I do think there's like a shelf life that you're mm-hmm. like enough. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Okay, so, What's so the other the, one? The second thing on the list that is in is collagen supplements. And I was like, oh, oh we're in. I've been we're doing really in. good with mine. I actually um, like doubled down and I'm doing the trim Modere in the morning collagen um, to help like boost my metabolism. And then I'm doing the regular collagen at night. I'm just basic oh. Natalie in Nebraska over here just <laughs> Just doing my I mean, one we, shot of collagen. We, um, there's a really good sale going on at Modere though right now. You get $20 off right now if you use our referral code on orders over $100. So that's double the discount that you normally get. And this sale is going on the 21st through the 31st. So you guys have a few more days left of that sale. Um, and you guys should click in our show notes. We'll add the referral code. We'll add it on stories too. Um, yeah. We're actually going to be trying – 
and be better. I'm going to start trying to link our like industry news on our discover ag stories page. And so we're going to try and be better of like bringing everything that's on the podcast to that page. If you guys want it, like today we're talking about a recipe. We'll post that. We'll actually post it over there. I feel like we've said that before and then sometimes we don't, but we're going to stick to it. I know I got asked for our quiche recipe this morning on our page and I had to send it over to a person. But um, back to the Modere, I will link like our regular referral code and then um, we'll also include what I'll include the one like the trim product I use and then the regular I use because I do actually really like the combination. They have. So I've been drinking these better greens in the morning, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. And I saw that Modere has kind of like an equivalent, I guess, it's, yeah. you know, like a powder you put in. And I was thinking about trying, but I just love my better greens so much. I don't know if I want to switch. Um, but other than that, I don't you do multiple Modere products. I just do the collagen. Yeah, I, but tried I love the, the collagen chews as well. I didn't like the chews. I thought I would like the chews. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I'll grab them, get in the car, eat them on the way, taking the girls to school. And they're very chewy. I, I would rather just take the tablespoonful and be done. So, um, all right. Let's well, hit up right the sale, along. you guys, if you want to be a yeah. Hit up the, I'm going to hit up the sale. So, <laughs> okay, monthly We're use our own code. <laughs> I know, like I want twenty dollars off. Um, okay, we were doing a weekly like discovery, and we kind of like fell off, fell off of it for a, while, a couple of weeks. So now it's going to be monthly discovery. Is that right? Is that what you we're calling mean, you mean it? Obsession. Obsession. Sorry, I'm getting our segments confused. You're getting monthly our obsession. Confused. My um, monthly obsession. I'm so excited to share. Is I got my style analysis from House of Color. I know. You I did it my, too a while back. Yeah. I was one of Kylie's first, I think maybe even her first, maybe not, very early on for her, um, for her online style sessions. Yeah. So Kylie Epperson um, with House of Color. So House of Color, you figure out, if you don't know, like it tells you what your seasons, what your good colors are, but then they have a styling session and you can actually do it virtual. So I did it virtual with Kylie and two other people. It was like three of us getting done at the same time. And it tells you kind of more about like your individual style. And there's two sessions. Like first she gets to really know you. You send her all this information, all of your like measurements. And then, oh my gosh, yeah. Did I even mention this on the podcast yet? I don't think so. I gained an inch and a half when I got my style session done. <laughs> That's not ideal. I thought I was five, one and a half, and I'm actually five, three, and I'm so excited. So that was probably the best thing that came out of my style session. What style are you? I know you told me. We're like opposites. Yes, I am a dramatic natural. Yeah, so it's like based on like the yin and the yang scale, and you are on the yang scale, and I am an ingenue um, romantic. So I am on the yin scale. That's funny that we're so far. I know. About like our, I feel like our outfits always pair well, though, like in photo shoots and stuff. I do feel like because the romantic has kind of like – a little yeah. bit of over-the-top feels. Yours definitely has more angle. And you can tell in your photos. Like I was kind of looking because I was comparing. And yours has like more angles. It has that more dramatic look. Mine is a yes. lot more like flowy, a lot more florals. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then you can tell yours is definitely the more natural. And yep. I do not. <laughs> I learned that. that that I was trying to fit into the natural side. A lot of ag women apparently fall in the natural side. Just so like it mm -hmm. just seems to be. And I think I do like love stuff like that. But as I was going through it, I like learned a lot about my personal style. So it was really helpful. I highly recommend it. I found it very helpful. I highly rec I tell people I highly recommend the colors getting done. I found that I mean, I'm still like I'm not the best at it. I obviously 
source colors that are not in my palette correctly sometimes. And I still wear colors that are not in my season palette. Um, but I do think it has really helped my shopping habits. Um, and same thing, I highly recommend getting the style done because what, so what Tara was kind of saying is it, um, I don't know, I guess it titles you, your, your style. So you can, I don't know how to explain it any better than what you did, but what you didn't explain is it also talks about like where your waistline should hit, how tall of boots you should wear. Um, can you wear big earrings or not? Should you? Yes. Like, and that's what I think what I like about the whole HOC, why I can get behind it is because it, I feel like it is rooted a little bit in science. It's not just all like someone coming up with an opinion. Like it's taking your body measurements and then based off of what is in proportion and out of proportion, which to me is like a little bit of science. Like it's using numbers, it's using data and then helps you best dress based off of those measurements. And so that's why I, I get behind this HOC stuff, but that's, I mean, I, when she told me I was dramatic natural, I was like, makes sense. And now I can start sourcing more in that. Cause I feel like I had half my closet in that and half, I was trying to be something else kind of like you, but I found it so helpful to understand like where I want to accent my body with accessories and where I don't want to accent my body with accessories. So we didn't plan this, but on Tuesday's episode, Kylie is our book club. Uh, guest. So, and she talks a little bit about the color science at the very end um, that I found fascinating. So I'm actually, I am like you that I have not gone fully into my colors, but I actually, last night I was packing for my sister's wedding. So we're actually recording this. Normally we record like the week of, but we're recording a little early because I'm leaving for my sister's wedding literally as soon as we hit like stop on this recording. And I was packing and I did all summer colors and it's all like very like interchangeable. Cause I was stressed mm-hmm. about how much I needed to pack by the time I packed all the stuff for the wedding. And, um, I was like, I need to lean into it more. Like it is really helpful to just have one set of colors that all go together and styles. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do. All right. Let's move on to industry news. We have some good ones. I'll start with the inflation one. Okay. So inflation, food inflation rate slows for the first time in 16 months. It's crazy. <laughs> I it's crazy it's been trending upwards for 16 months. My grocery store bill has been out of control. Like absolutely Luke. crazy. Like we need to reevaluate our budget and I have to put more towards our food because it's we're just not hitting our like we're going over budget every month. Luke actually made a comment. That's when you know it's bad. Luke made a comment. He had to like run to the grocery store to pick up just a few things and he came back and he's like, guess how much I spent on these like it was like four items or something and it was pretty outrageous. I was like that. Yeah. Well, I left um, Albertsons the other day with three grocery bags. Like it was just run in, grab a couple things, come out and it was $60. And I was like, on what planet is this affordable? Like it was yeah. nuts. I thought it was interesting headline though, because in contrast, um, if you're following what's going on in the UK, their inflation is not slowing and yeah. their prime minister, they have a brand new prime minister. She is only six weeks in and she resigned yesterday because of like a failed economic plan. It was like supposed to be tax cuts. All the I, I don't know all the ins and outs. All I know is their inflation is just skyrocketing. And so, yes, yeah, she actually resigned after only six weeks. Can you imagine like if we had a president that got in and then like six weeks later, they were like, peace out. Like very, no, but there's a lot of drama going on. It's, it would also be so stressful. Could you imagine stepping into some of those situations and being like, sure, I'd love to tackle this and be responsible for it. Yeah, the headline is like uh, Britain prime minister on shaky ground after her economic plan is rejected. Like, yeah, it's not good. 
So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting that we're seeing something different here in the United States. And obviously in the UK and the EU, they're being affected by more so by the war in Ukraine than probably we are. But I just like, I don't know. I just found that interesting comparing those two things. Yeah, I think we just need to see what happens too, because we're still uh, like interest rates are climbing. Like we're still, we still need to get out of like our recession, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, is this going to be a trend or was this like a one month yeah. thing? And I don't know. I don't know enough about it to know if, uh, like, I guess, how do you say it? Like, how quickly you see the effects, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so. so- Last week, we had we interviewed Dr. David Anderson a f- several months ago, oh, like yeah. this summer, about inflation. And I saw him speak again um, last Friday. And um, he his speech was really interesting because it was talking about how much the drought is actually affecting, like our drought here in the U.S. is actually affecting inflation and food prices like more than anything else right now because we are in just such a terrible drought in so many parts uh-huh. of our country. And so that was interesting that like we always – I feel like we think about – food obviously on like a global scale and inflation right now is like a global thing. But at the same time, like, you know, like the forces right here in the United States are obviously impacting us the most. And not just, well, obviously drought, but not just drought. I saw headlines the other day that um, one of the hurricanes wiped, you would know the name because your family was in Florida with it all. I can't think of the name right now, Hurricane, but it wiped out a huge percentage of citrus in Florida, um, Yes, which it'll be interesting to see what that is obviously doing for food prices. And, uh, um, cotton. You know, I feel like we're like cotton girlies now after <laughs> Discover Ag. Um, cotton is a huge drought with – and so tons of cotton. Like, yes, it's crazy. So that um, uh, is interesting as well. But anyway, hopefully if you're shopping, um, according to you the headline, maybe you'll crime. see some – yeah, we'll see some decreases in prices. Um. Okay, mine – my industry news is a little bit more, <laughs> a little less serious, a little, a little more, more upbeat. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's pivot a little about <laughs> pivot. Um, pivot. Arby's is releasing, they actually already released. Um, Arby's is, Arby's released a smoked bourbon inspired by its brisket and ribs. So like many brands, Arby's has put an emphasis on stump marketing in recent years, which I did go to Arby's Instagram page because I wanted to see how they were branding this. Um, Do you want to know how I know you into Arby's Instagram page? Because you oh, sent did me I 45 oh, reels. No, <laughs> I sent those to Discover so we could post them on the stories because they're cool was what I was going to say. I think say. you by accident send some to me. <laughs> oh, shoot. Like, maybe I did. Why um, am I getting so many Arby's reels? <laughs> that's so funny. Um, their page is doing the mostest. I'm like, Arby's is such a fun – I love when brands like that have someone on their that's social media good. team that is yes. like hip – trendy, on point, funny, like it was all the things. They worked with like a rapper recently to kind of, I think it was almost like a bash to McDonald's or something. But he launched. That's what you said to me. And he was like bashing McRib. (laughs) Yeah. And he has, they had cool swag that they sold with it. So anyway, I was like, Arby's is, it's great. But I didn't know. So I have to tell you something. I don't think I've ever eaten at an Arby's. And after reading this, I was like, I am going. Like I am going to get the smoked bourbon ribs and brisket. Well, it's like that sounds amazing. Update. It oh yeah. Okay. So 
this bourbon they launched sold out in two minutes. If you go look at their posts, people are, there are comments where people are like, it's sold out already. It's been two minutes. I can't believe it sold out. Um, oh, the actual bourbon itself sold the out? The actual oh, bourbon God. itself sold out in two minutes. Um, you know what's not favorite. the first alcohol-based thing they've done. Last year, they launched vodkas, and they named them the Curly Fry and the, I think, the Straight Fry based off of their fries. Oh, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um my favorite thing, and I don't know, you probably were going to say this, but in the article you sent me was in 2019, Arby said it would never go plant-based, even uh-huh. creating a meat-based carrot. Like, mm-hmm. thank you, Arby's. They're sticking up for yep. animal ag. I mean, really, Arby's is doing the mostest. They really are. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'll keep you guys posted how I like it. I mean, I guess this shouldn't be a surprise. Their slogan is literally like, we have We the have meat. the meats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Consumer uh, question. Yeah. So a new segment, um, we want to introduce, which is for anyone listening who is outside of agriculture or is inside of it, but maybe in like a different, I don't know. It, agriculture is just so vast that I feel like even as people in agriculture, we still have so many questions about other, like other industries within it. Like I yes, have a gazillion this- questions about dairy and because I know nothing about dairy, you know, and I'm in agriculture. And so we wanted to do, we're calling it consumer questions, but I don't, I don't know if that's right. Cause I feel like people in agriculture could still have questions to ask too. Um, but we really just want to provide a space where we can have conversation that Tara and I can kind of answer questions about the industry and about the food industry. This question though was like, overwhelmingly asked on both of our pages from the meat side and the milk side. Like it was the obvious like winner for the first question. The issue is it was multifaceted question. So we're actually going to break this into two parts. We're going to talk about like the nutrition side and then the environmental side next week because we could not tackle all the questions we got surrounding it. Yes. So we're going to talk about grass fed versus grain fed because that was like Tara said, an alarming thing that was sent in and it wasn't the same question over and over again. It was a variations of, but I think it boils down to the two things we're going to talk about. Like you said, is it healthier for you and is it better for the environment? And then I feel like that those concepts were just asked in a ton of different ways. Yep. I agree. And then we're going to cover it from, the, like we said, the beef side and then like milk that's dairy. Yeah. It's funny because both of us instantly, <laughs> you went to beef and I went to milk and we were yeah. both like, how did we not consider the other side I of wouldn't this? have even thought to answer it from the milk standpoint. Um, but yeah. So, so. Uh, today we're going to talk about the nutrition standpoint of what actually is the difference nutritionally. Obviously, we're not registered dietitians. Um, we did our best investigative skills we can. If you're listening and you have something to add to the conversation, please always, you can email us or DM us. Um, but I feel like we did a pretty thorough job. Um, and we obviously, this isn't the first time we've been asked this. So I feel like I kind of already had an, you know, so, grasp an idea of what I'd talk about. Yeah. I, can we start with kind of like the cow side of it and then get into the nutrition side? So like for dairy, like the question is like, if it says grass fed, it has to be fed almost 100% of its entire life forage. Um, yes. so grasses. Okay. So at the basic core, all cattle, which I think is something we should talk about, they spend for beef. You're uh, talking about beef. Yes. Okay, great. This is going to get more confusing. I know. That's what I was <laughs> I was going to go on the dairy side. Should I finish mine and then you jump in the beef side? Okay, go ahead. So if it says grass-fed milk, it means cows were given 100% forages, which is grasses. 
conventional milk is um, a combination of different things. So they're still fed grass. They're still fed forages. We also do a lot of corn silage. Corn silage is where we chop the entire plant, feed it to the cow. Um, it's an entire, like, it's a total mixed ration is what we call it. And, and a nutritionist actually plans that diet and puts in all different ingredients uh, that the cow needs to produce a healthy, high-quality product. So it would be the same Go on the beef, beef stand. Well, so it'd be the same. If it is called a grass-fed, grass-finished, it means it received, like Tara said, it was either on pasture. It does not necessarily, I think people associate that that cow was out at pasture the entire of their life. That is not necessarily true. They can still be in a pen. They could still be wherever, but it means they received for their diet, either grass or hay, like some sort of forage. Um, If it is grain-finished, what I don't think most consumers understand is or know is that it's the animal, the cow still was raised primarily on grass. It is at the end of the life cycle. So, and it can vary a little bit. Um, but I would say like the last four months ish is when it would go from, so grass finish and grain finish are raised the same. They're born, you know, out on pasture, fed grass, fed forage. And then at the very end is where they different. So grass would continue to get grass, whereas a grain finish would then get in addition to grass because we still feed hay to it. Um, in addition to it, it would get a mix of corn, um, you know, a different uh, diet added to the grass. So that's going to be and the then- main difference between them, how they're raised. Yeah, and there's differences between beef and dairy because obviously we the cow is different. Different breeds require different things. So there's some difference between what dairy cows versus beef cows eat. Yeah. So now we should probably get into the product itself. Like, do you want me to start with yeah. milk again? Yeah. Okay, so milk, uh, there is no significant nutritional differences between conventional and organic and grass-fed. The main thing that people like to highlight is that there are more omega-3s, which sounds great. You know, we all want more omega-3s. There is more omega-3s in the grass-fed milk. The issue is, is that it's not really a significant difference. Milk is not a good source of omega-3s. So to compare this, there is 0.02 grams of omega-3s in conventional milk, there is 0.05 grams in grass-fed milk. So if you're looking to get your omega-3s, I don't think milk is the place to do it, whether it's conventional or grass-fed. Otherwise, it has the same amount of protein. It has all of that. There's a few like micronutrients that are different, but the overall like product itself has very few nutritional differences. So that's going to be the same from the like a piece of meat standpoint from like a macro nutritional standpoint, grass fed and grain fed are pretty similar. Um, there was a study done and I could not track down the actual study, but it was done by Clemson and partnership with the USDA and they found like 10 major differences. And I actually saw this list repeated over and over again on so many different like um, sites when you Google the problem, my problem with the list is that it'll say it has, you know, more protein or it has, um, grain fed has more fat than grass fed, um, which is one of the differences. Um, but it's like a period. It doesn't go on to say like whether that is significantly different. And like Tara explained, uh, cause one of the, also the main differences between grass fed, um, beef and grain fed beef is the omega three, um, and omega-6 differences. Um, but again, it it's it, when you put it in the grand scheme of things, it's like B12 
beef isn't going to be, if you're wanting a diet high in omega threes, don't, you know, you should be eating fish or you should be eating. Yeah. Go have a salmon. Yeah. Eat something else. And so to, to decide to pay higher or feel like you need to eat grass fed solely because that, that it just doesn't make sense. So, but that there are differences. So grass fed, um, is slightly, um, they, gosh, there's just so much to unpack. They both have the same 10 essential nutrients like protein, iron, zinc, B vitamins. There are minute differences between them. One of the big ones is the total fat difference. So in the same size of meat, uh, grass fed would have 2.9 grams of fat, whereas grain fed has 5.2. Um, the marbling in grain fed is going to be higher in grass. That's why it's going to be higher in fat. Um, I found- so I guess I'll... I guess I'll sum mine up by saying kind of exactly what you did. From an overall nutritional standpoint, very similar. When it comes to omega-3 and 6, there is a difference, um, especially with in beef, the omega-6s, and which is kind of the more unhealthier one. Um, it is higher in grain-fed. Um, but again, a lot of what we eat in our everyday diet is pretty high, like a lot of uh, processed food, I guess, or you know, fast food, a lot of oils we're using. Um, they're high in omega-6. So it's like, I don't know if I would cut out beef solely because of that when there's a lot of other dietary changes we could make that if like, if you're running high in omega-6s. Um, but I just, the for me, the benefits in a piece of meat, whether grass-fed or grain-fed are so much more higher than getting fixated on the omega-3-6 debate. Yeah, I agree. Um, this study that I'm looking at, I thought that this might be helpful. As I said, like grass-fed cows for milk, they receive 100% grass forage-based. Conventional, it's 53% versus 47% being grain. So just to compare kind of that. And then something else that was really interesting about that is there were regional differences in this study. So cows that were grass-fed in the Midwest and Northeast had higher levels of omega-3 than grass-fed in California. And they said this probably has to do with like drought, like the quality of the grass. And so in my mind, I feel like grass versus conventional is not the issue. It's just making sure your cows have a really healthy diet, whether that's beef or dairy. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that's what we all are doing. So I don't know. I just – I found that interesting that it was like even if you're buying grass-fed – depending on whether you're getting it from California or the Midwest, you're getting a different ratio of omega-3s and omega-6s. And we're not here to say like one is better than the other. We are oh, no, definitely not. Yeah. We're not telling you to only buy grass fed. We're not telling you to only buy conventional fed. We're just trying to let you know. I mean, I feel like what we stand for is just information so that you can make your own decision based off of that. So hopefully we explain that in a good enough way that we'll try and link some stuff in our Discover Ag stories um, that you guys could look at or read on your own if you wanted to. But I just, as always, I feel like there's so much, it's the details are in the nuance, right? Like everything is there. You have to go one step further instead of just seeing a list that's like, oh, look, you know, grass fed is higher in this, lower in this, higher in this, lower in this the next step is like, okay, but does that actually make a nutritional difference? Is it actually scientifically significant? Because sometimes there are, but when you look at it from like the study standpoint, it's it's not even statistically different. Like it doesn't matter. And so, and a lot of people don't, I shouldn't say a lot of people, I should say a lot of the sources on the internet don't go the next layer deep. And that's what frustrates me. They just do the initial like, well, it's it's, uh, source this or buy this or feel the pressure to feed your family this because of you know, it's lower in fat. Well, 
what is that like what is the actual difference how much other fat are you eating in your diet like there's just so much nuance to it and one of my issues too with it is I hate when there's like fear based around this and it makes someone not purchase beef or milk like beef and milk no matter which one you're picking are safe healthy nutritious, usually fairly affordable for the nutrients you're getting. So I just never want someone to like see something and be like, well, I can't afford grass fed, so I'm just not going to get anything or I can't, you know, and that's what frustrates me is you have to make the right decisions for your family and your budget and all the things. And no one else can make that decision for you. And no one else should scare you into making those decisions. Right. So, and there's obviously a lot of other factors that go into it. We're just, we just wanted to talk today from a nutritional standpoint of beef because, or not beef, but I guess milk too. Um, because that was some of the things like, what is, is it better for you in the diet? Um, so, but there's like other things to consider, which we're going to talk about, um, in part two on next. Yeah. Next Thursday. Speaking of omega threes, our recipe from our table. You know, it's so funny. Um, I didn't even think of that. Uh, so we have, (laughs) we have a recipe. Um, so I follow this girl online. Her name is Kit Keenan. Um, I actually think I'm going to post this recipe maybe in our um, actual hard feed of Discover Ag. Um, but I don't know. I just love following this girl. Um, her bio. recipe. I will. But her bio is young Martha Stewart stuck in Blair Waldorf's plotline. And I'm. Oh, my like, gosh. I love that. <laughs> I know. I'm just here for it. Um, so one of her recipes that I screenshot the other day and I made it for Luke and okay. So there's this restaurant in Omaha, any of my Omaha listeners, they, it's called Vimar. It's probably one of the nicer restaurants in Omaha. And Luke tried this salmon recipe and he was like, Natalie, I should you not, we could put this on the menu at Vimar. This is so good. And so from straight from the mouth of Luke, this is a phenomenal recipe. Um, if you, I enjoyed it too, but Luke loves seafood. So if you like seafood, um, it's salmon salad. So it's, uh, I guess kind of like a bougier, you know, chicken salad, like it's an upscale salad. Um, so we'll post it. I'm not going to go through like the exact recipe. Cause I feel like if you're listening, you're probably doing something where you're not actually writing down the recipe, but it was pretty simple. It was just like, um, celery, salmon, uh, Dijon yogurt, um, capers, and I love, I just feel extra fancy when I get to put a caper in a meal. So, um, I know. So there, it's not, there aren't a ton of, um, ingredients. I would say less than 10 for sure. Probably seven. Most of them you could source. I stopped all of, I sourced all of them at our local grocery store. Uh, the salmon I already had on hand. I don't buy that there, but, um, everything else in the recipe, I was able to buy at our town of 2000s grocery store. So I feel like anyone listening, even if you're living rurally, you could make this rurally, you could make this recipe, um, and pretty much just wow people. So we, it's like a, we made it, I, Luke used crackers and dipped crackers in it. And then he just ate it. Like he was like devouring it. He was like eating it with a spoon out of the bowl. I was like, okay, this is, I have to leave the <laughs> like, table okay. for a second, I think. <laughs> Man, I love a good salmon recipe. My favorite recipe is the salmon recipe. So I am going to try this for sure. And I feel like yeah. I need a new lunch recipe kind of. like it's, is yeah, it And I think you either? could like put it on lettuce like as a salad. I think you could put it on toast. Um, I think there's like a lot of different options with it. So I feel versatile. like I want to try it with some good sourdough. Yeah, maybe yeah, I'll that make would be some phenomenal. homemade sourdough. I have a new recipe oh, from yeah, Ashley. Oh, yeah. Mine is in the back of my fridge slowly dying a death. But that's for another oh, day, another podcast. Mine's alive and well, and but I had to Nova. put it in my fridge today to um, for the wedding. I was like, I love you. Good luck. See you when you're back. 
survival, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, packed her all up nice and neat and tight, got her all fed, and was like, go in the fridge. Oh. Uh, so that's what I'm, I'm going to try it with that. That was, that's good. It inspired me to finally break into the sourdough bread recipe, maybe. All right. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, Next Tuesday, we have a really great interview with Diana Rogers of Sustainable Dish, um, where we're talking about kind of the anti-global meat narrative. So tune in for that. And then we'll be back as always on a Thursday for an industry news. You won't hear me on Tuesday. Natalie did this one solo. I was recording for Discover, taping for Discover Ag. So yeah, see you guys on Thursday.